0: Welcome to the ISA's Science of Arboriculture podcast series. This series was developed by the International Society of Arboriculture and is brought to you by the Bartlett Tree Expert Company, caring for America's trees since 1907. We provide full-length educational talks by the world's top researchers, educators, and practitioners, keeping you up to date with new developments in arboriculture. Today's talk is by Laura Mandiburu who is a subdirector of the Department of Arboriculture at Tecnigala, a Spanish environmental consulting company. This podcast features her talk on technology at the service of urban tree management data analysis. It was originally presented at the ISA International Conference in Parramatta, Australia in 2011.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, My name is Laura Mendibudu and I work as an arborist for a Spanish company uh, called TecNigral. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be here today because I have come a long way and I'm not only talking about the almost three-day journey from Madrid to Sydney, <laughs> but also for the last 12 years that my company and I have spent uh, working in this project, I would like to talk about today. So, thank you very much for being here. and I hope you find this interesting. And so today I'm going to talk about the work we have been doing in Madrid and in partnership with the Madrid City Council, with urban trees, but more specifically with the street trees. Because in terms of uh, scale, duration and detail, this was probably the most uh, biggest and important project uh, ever done in Spain, so it's been a real occasion for everyone involved. So. Um, Please, can you take a look at this slide? Everybody says this is meant to be one of the most important slides in a presentation, the index. So your audience know how long to go before the next coffee break, I suppose. So first, I'm gonna talk about my Madrid city. There's an introduction to the city, its characteristics and the street trees in Madrid. Then I will talk about different inventories we made. And, and the problems and the challenges that these inventories brought up. But the different actions we took to deal uh, with these problems. And then without going into detail about all the um, uh, statistical formula we used, but I will explain how the comparison of the data uh, obtained in each different inventory was made and how this comparison uh, let us analyze the evolution of the tree population and the results we have. And finally, I will take a couple of minutes to talk about something uh, simple but from a point of view essential, which is uh, communication. Uh, communication with the citizens of the city and the relation between tree technicians, politicians and citizens. So just out of curiosity, uh, do you know which letter goes with Madrid? Because to be honest, I, I didn't know where Sydney really was now and now I can tell that we are at the northwest of Australia and I'm just joking so I'm sure you all know A because A is Pamplona and I I know a lot of Australians go to Pamplona every year to see the San Fermín and the bull running but well Madrid as you will probably also know is in the center of the country and this is Madrid, this is the city where I live and where I work. It's uh, the capital of Spain, very beautiful, ancient city, which is mainly divided into what we call the central Almon. And I know this sounds funny, Almond. It can, it can give you an idea of our, the importance of our agricultural inheritance. So that's downtown. And then you got the peripheral areas separated by a rain road. And in total, it has an area of more than 600 square kilometers and a population of three million inhabitants. And Just to compare, I think Sydney uh, has 20 times the size of uh, Madrid, but only one million people more. Um, like most of old cities in Europe, uh, we can describe the old part of town. Oh, sorry, that old part of town. Okay, is this? Uh, we can describe it like um, as a um, labyrinth of narrow streets, irregular alleys, while modern parts of the city have a more regular, even pattern. And Madrid is, is proud of its green areas and trees. The total population of urban trees in the city is half a million. And of this total, a quarter of a million, and more exactly 240,000 are street trees. And I guess you understand a street tree is a street that is uh, si- uh, planted in a si- the sidewalks, okay? So that's a big population, um, but space is a rare, very coveted uh, resource, and the street trees, they have to compete with buildings and people and traffic and, and, and construction works above ground and below ground. And in my opinion, the defining characteristic for the situation of the street trees in Madrid it's definitely it's the lack of space because in Madrid, our streets, uh, our trees are planted in, in sidewalks which are three, four meters wide. And this could not be a bad idea if the species and the dimensions were appropriate to the streets possibilities, but the, well, the thing is most of the time they are not. And as I said before, our trees, they had to compete for space with buildings, with traffic, with services and as a result, the planning to control dimensions of the tree leads to weak and excessively pruned trees. But anyhow, we choose to have trees in our streets. And could you tell me about a way to guarantee some shade during the summer time, while temperatures can reach up to 40 degrees? And if not for trees, we wouldn't be able to go out. Uh, we will have to stay at home and have a siesta all day, so that could not be a good idea, no? Or or yes, no, no. (laughs) So this is the story. Twelve years ago, in 1998, the local government started a new and exhaustive inventory of the trees in Madrid, and this project was supported by European funds. And one of the main goals of this first inventory was to uh, determine the risk of failure. But however, the results went far beyond that, Because it was only then that politicians and administrators become aware of the considerable differences between a a park tree and a street tree. And up until that moment, the maintenance of the street trees was in hand of the local governments of each district or neighborhood. So we had 21 districts, and each one decided what to plan, when to plan, how to prune, how to maintain, with no coordination at all between them. So the 1998 inventory showed us just how big the population was and how important it was to find quick solutions to the quite uh, unique issues those trees generated. So a few years later, Madrid City Council created a new street tree service and a new management system started. And since 1998, the inventory was uh, um, updated weekly. But even so, every five years, we you have repeated inventory in full. So the second inventory was carried out in 2003, and the third inventory was carried out in 2009. So by 2010, we had access to information from three databases, each one with more than 40 statistics uh, per tree. And this is for a population of half, uh, a quarter million of trees. And that's a lot of statistics. And we thought, well, maybe this is a great opportunity to study the evolution of the tree population, to understand how it had grown or how it had changed. And most importantly, we were able to confirm through data if the management strategies that the street tree service put in place 10 years ago was, uh, has been effective or not. Regarding the inventories, sorry, well that's in Spanish, but it's, you, maybe you can get an image. Um, Here you can see some pictures and that was the data sheet we used in the first inventory. It was all all, all old-fashioned, using pen and paper, no? In the field we recorded up to 40 different statistics for each tree, focusing in particular on the the data related to risk and health, uh, like decay associated with cuts or cracks or cavities, uh, leaning, etc. I think in that first inventory we had like 20 people working a variety of functions, and we had cartographers who digitalize the information, IT technicians who develop a GIS software, uh, quality controllers, and of course, we have the inventory to- uh, takers themselves. And below you can see some pictures of the GIS um, software we developed to work with the inventory. And With each new inventory, the number of statistics recorded was increasing. These are images of the last, uh, the uh, 2009 inventory. And technological advances have allowed us to improve our work. And now we are using PDS and FIO, which are connected to our website, and which let us um, position trees directly onto the digital map. So we can save uh, the cost of digitalizing data. And we can manage also the progress of the inventory in real time. So um, going back 10 years. Uh, once the new tree uh, service of a Street Tree Madrid took control of the maintenance, uh, they took a look at the population of the trees that were in charge uh, and off, and they found, and they found several problems, of course, and first, that's a one there, um, the, popula- the tree population was old. Well, we had, we had a high proportion of decrepit old trees. 9% of the population was cataloged as uh, old or decrepit and 53% as uh, mature. And here you can see some pictures as well, examples. Um, second, uh, we have a high proportion of trees located in inappropriate seeds that had in many cases received very severe and aggressive prunes. Third, we have a high percentage of death in the new plantains. Um 35% of plant loss of death after one or two years of planting. 35%. That was terrible. And then we have low diversity of species. Mm. And, and here you can see this is a register we found in the Royal Botanic Gardens in Madrid and it shows how more than 100 years ago, uh, you cannot see there but the, those are the, the main species, Um, More than 100 years ago, the dominant species were the uh, black locust, uh, (Robinia pseudoacacia, the Japanese pagoda tree, the Sophora, and elms. And, well, probably those elms were killed by the Dutch elm disease. But now in the inventory, uh, 1998 inventory, we still have the same species. Well, the elm has changed. This is the Siberian elm. Uh, we used have the black locusts and the uh, Japanese pagoda tree. And a fourth one has appeared above them all, which is London Plain. Lon- only the London Plain it was 25% uh, uh, of the total. Um, so th- those were the problems. And now we have to think about how to solve the problem. So uh, solving uh, problems one or two, we had to uh, gradually eliminate first dangerous trees, then the very old and decrepit trees, maybe not dangerous, but they no longer fulfill the functions we demand from them in the city because the, the vital cycle has ended. And then uh, inappropriate species or, or trees located in inadequate locations. Um, so this is. Um, This is action one, goes down there, right you cannot see this. Action one is uh, dealing with hazard of risk because uh, to control and prevent the risk of hazard was one of our priorities and we should be able to prevent situations like the one you can see in the picture. And here we were studying the poplars on the streets describing the situation. And I think it was one or two days after our visit, that's what happened. it's the same car. Um, it wasn't our fault, I have to say. <laughs> so, um, to face the challenge of controlling risk of trees, one enormously useful tool that uh, came out of the inventory data was the development of a mathematical model of risk. And it is a very useful way um, when you have to, fir- to make a first filter if you are dealing with a big population like a quarter million of trees, and to find and detect where, where the most problematic uh, trees are located. And this model was elaborated by uh, expert arborists and the city council uh, technicians, and it was uh, based in, in general terms on Mathenis and Clark proposal, but it was adapted to Madrid characteristics. So the result is a formula that assigned each tree a value that ranged from one to 10, according to the urgency, with which it needed to be evaluated by a tree risk expert. And you can see, for example, the red dots are uh, a risk with a higher level of in the mathematical model. So since then, um, constant assessment uh, of the risk of the street trees has been carried out. Um, the council service count on the assistance of a technical team specialized in doing surveys and tree reports. And we use uh, good uh, testing devices uh, whenever it's necessary. So that was action one. And then to solve problems three and four, the solutions were different. Because first, we had to renounce uh, unfeasible locations and closing tree pits. Then we had to check the process of planting, trying to pinpoint mistakes and correct them. And then we had to incorporate new species into the population. And now when we have to plan the plantings, we first take a look at the place, at the tree pit. And those tree pits that don't meet the minimum requirements are, are closed. And so far in the last years, thousands of tree pits uh, have been closed. Because for us, it's not a question of the more the merrier. It, it seems more, more reasonable to eliminate first those situations that are condemned to generate uh, tree death or problems forever. Um, so, but we, we still had to find out why so many plantings were failing. And so that's why we started a new, a different uh, study. And it's been five years now and since we started. And every year, by the end of the summertime, we analyze a percentage of the total failings of the new plantains um, that were done during that year to determine the cause of death. And during the first years, uh, the most common causes of death were, first, poor quality of the plant, uh, mainly poor quality of the root system, but also uh, plagues and diseases, or plants that arrived from the nursery with no reserves of energy at all, etc. Then we have the death uh, planting, and consequently the death by root asphyxia. And then we had the hydrological regime, but not only the deficit of water, as you would probably think, but also the excess of water, mainly in those areas that were constantly clean hosed down, like the top tourist areas. So those were the causes, but now we have to try to, to fix the, the situation. And solving the problem of death uh, planting was the, was the easy part because it was all about giving the correct proper information and education to the people that was in charge of doing the job. That was easy. But uh, dealing with um, poor quality plants required more effort, primarily because uh, more parties were involved, like the nurseries. And also because we had to know what our requirements in terms of plant quality were. And that's why we started uh, developing a standard of quality specification, paying special attention to root quality, and we're starting an inspection protocol for plants that arrive from the nursery and before the planting. Um, Because many of the losses we have are due to the uh, bad uh, quality of the plant, and that's a shame, and risking all the hard work and all the money you invest, buying and planting a bad plant, is really not worth it at all. So in the protocol, we establish how many plants must be inspected in every lot we buy from the nursery. And we examine a minimum of percent in every lot we receive. And this is meant to be a physical, invasive uh, inspection. It implies most of the time uh, opening the pot or the bull and burp. And, and in several cases, cutting, cutting roots in search of internal decay. And the protocol also establishes the criteria for determining quality in, in dimensions, in, in the crown, quality in the trunk, and quality, of course, in, in roots. And plants that don't reach uh, the minimum, the, the standard of quality we demanded are returned to the seller. It's that easy and it's working now. This work was completed uh, with the publication of a a handbook of street tree planting in the city of Madrid. And this handbook is a useful tool for people working with the street trees but also for those that plant cities and new constructions like architects or urbanists. And In the handbook, besides the control for uh, plant quality and the description of the correct uh, planting techniques, includes also a series of recommendations regarding the design of designs of uh, new plantings. For example, minimum distances, which a street team must respect with regards to uh, building, traffic or pedestrian. And, for example, a list of tree species that already exist in Madrid, but with the recommendations. Uh, Here, for example, London Plain is not recommended anymore because of its uh, high proportion in the population. And there's also a, a list of new and more recommended species. So, um, okay, so these are the guidelines and the work that the tree service and the city council have been developing over the last few years. But are they having a real impact in our city tree population and how how significant is that impact? And to find out more, we use a statistical analysis to compare the data of the inventories in 1998, in 2003 and in 2009. And first of all, we had to make some adjustments in the different databases because the way uh, each one was stored and because the changes in the way the data were measured or recorded. And so we migrate all to a single database containing a GIS software. And here you can see some of the results and the comparison brought up. For example, the evolution of the total tree population. The street tree population grew from 195,000 trees in 1998 to 241,000 in in 2009, which means 23% uh, growth. And this also includes trees, but also includes uh, stumps and empty trees. And here you can see the evolution of the uh, components of the population. You can see like the the number of uh, stumps and empty tree is decreasing as the number of total uh, trees is, is growing. The evolution of the diversity of species, the total number of species in 1998 was 139, and in 2009, it's 206. So some species as Ulmus pumila or Robinia Ceodacacea, or the different poplars or the Islandus, have dropped at least by a 3%, um, because these are some species that are no longer being used because of the, the problems they brought or the, the invasive behavior, for example. And if we took a look to the top four species, we can see that the ranking hasn't changed in all those years. But the proportion in relation to the whole population, you can see in the graphic, this is the proportion, uh, they had decreased. So we have less now. Um, we have 67 new species or varieties living now in our streets. Here you can see some pictures like uh, uh, we're using now Calistemon or Austria or different varieties of Fraxinus, of uh, Acer. Well, this is the evolution of the age of the population and here's where maybe we can see more clearly the effects of the policy of replacing old trees with, old mm, and decrepit trees with new young plants because this has led to the rejuvenation of the population. And 13 years ago, 60% of the population was old or mature. And in 2009, 60% of the population is young. So we have inverted the proportions. Evolution of the tree risk, that the level of risk on average has been reduced also. The evolution of the percentage of failing plants, as I said at the beginning, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 30 we have a, um, 30, 35% of lost, and in 2009, this number has dropped to 12%, so that's good news. And here we can see how the number of the new trees planted every year is growing, but so we're planting more trees, but we have fewer trees dying every year. This is definitely good news. So these are the results, and the results say we're in the right path because the population is rejuvenating thanks to a decrease in the number of old trees and, for the, and thanks to the better routine of the new plantings because the, the level of risk is dropping, because the diversity of the species is growing, but there's still there's a lot to be done because the data also tell us that m- most of the trees are not ideally located and a lot of our street trees don't have the space and the light, they need to grow and develop in good conditions. And that means that we have to maintain pr- pruning uh, methods of control while the wrong species in the wrong places are being substituted. And well, till now I have talked about technical management. but We should be aware that improving only the technical part of the problem is not the only uh, solution. In fact, it can never be enough if we uh, ignore the other factors involved and that's, that's communication, basically, with, with the, the other parties involved maybe with the, the people that plant cities, maybe with uh, politicians and governments, but especially, especially with, with citizens because we have to be able to connect with citizens because citizens they care about their, their, their green areas and the trees but sometimes they lack information. And that's why we should explain to them uh, what we do and why we do it. And that's why we think that communication and education are key. the were key ingredients of the success for this project. So we have made an effort in that direction as well. And here is one important example. We developed um, develop an application for managing the, the inventory. And here you can see some pictures. This is the, this is the, the application that the um, city council technicians use every day to consult the inventory, to organize their task, to register the work that's been done. So the whole idea was we, we, maybe we can use this app as a base and we can design a twin app that we call 13 p 13 to be used by the citizens of Madrid. And this, this, uh, this application is hosted in the official Madrid City Council site and allows any citizen to look up and a scaled down version of the inventory. And it includes information about species and dendrometric data. And it also permits citizens to make requests about a specific trees or consult bulletins with information about pruning planning or the weekly plantings. So now I would like to show you a quick demo video, just two minutes, that will introduce you to, the applica- to this application. And that's the address in, ch- in case you wanna have a look by yourselves.
2: accessed through the Madrid City Council website. Someone accessing the site is first taken to this map view, which allows them to zoom in and navigate the map. This is based on Microsoft's Bing Maps, and at a certain scale, you can see these green dots, each representing a tree. You can also search for a specific street or address. Each of these dots contains the data set of a given tree, such as data about the tree's species or drawings representing the tree's characteristics, like its leaves or flowers. You can also click on a representative picture of the tree, which has fantastic zoom capability to see what a given species looks like. From the same window, you can also submit a request, like asking for a tree to be pruned, given the reason such as the leaves being unhealthy and any comments. The application also allows you to submit a planting request directly to the city if there are no trees or not enough trees in your area. With this application, Madrid is enabling its citizens to learn about the trees around them and take proactive steps to improve their community.
1: Okay, so that was all, thank you.
0: This concludes Laura Mandy Buru's discussion on the technology at the service of urban tree management. If you would like to learn more about tree inventories and urban tree management, you can find additional materials at the ISA Online Learning Center and Web Store, including the ISA's best management practices for tree inventories, and planning for the urban forest, ecology, economy, and community development. If you would like to receive CEUs for today's talk, the code for this lecture is SA2829. Again, SA2829. If you have other topics that you would like us to provide podcasts for, please feel free to contact Luana Vargas, the producer of this series, at the ISA office in Champaign, Illinois, or me, Tom Smiley, at the Bartlett Tree Research Laboratory. Thank you for listening to this episode, which was brought to you by the Bartlett Tree Expert Company, caring for America's trees since 1907. Remember to subscribe to this podcast series and join us next time for another episode of Science of Arboriculture. Trees in every country, trees you know we can. Work together and learn Challenge traditional skills and modern techniques. Whatever language you speak, you have a world to offer. Every day, climb with the ISA.